morning. How's everybody doing? All right. Now, if, if a geese comes after, if the geese come after you, don't run. Just give them some bread. They'll be okay. Now, it's super exciting to be out here. I bring greetings from the Phoenix Church. We, they send their love, and they send us, and so we're, we're grateful to be out here. Uh, it's been such a treat. It's been a blessing. The, the Sweeney's have been tremendous hosts, um, and we're so grateful. Melissa and I have known the Sweeney's for, for quite a while, probably going back 12 years, 10, 12 years, something like that. Uh, but they're near and dear to our hearts. They helped us and discipled us in times when uh, we really needed discipling. Still do today, but they really helped us back then, too. Uh, and it was such a, such a great time. And we love the, the rocks. Uh, the rocks bring so much uh, to the kingdom of God, and we're really grateful for their friendship as well. So such a blessing. Um, if you don't treat them right, we'll take them back with us. Um, but it's so great. Uh, I want to say congratulations to you for 25 years of impact in the desert cities. That's just a tremendous thing. You think about the people that are here. Um, you guys have stories to tell of, of the kingdom and the, the years. And those are things that we pass down generation to generation. So I really appreciate uh, your faithfulness, uh, being able to, to weather the storms, I would say, too, as well. So thank you guys so much. Um, it's grateful to go from one desert to another. Uh, we have a lot of beach, no water, uh, lots of sand out here and in desert, but it's so blessing. This time of year is absolutely a blessing to be able to, 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 be able to sit outside. You know, a month from now, none of us will sit outside. Uh, we'll be indoors with the air condition, but this is a blessing. I, I'm also grateful for this time of year. It is the most wonderful time of year. I know it's not Christmas, but it is March Madness. And, and for those of you that don't know about March Madness, it's, an, it's, it's unbelievable. And I don't know if your brackets are still intact. I doubt it. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a great time of year. If you don't know what a bracket is, just ask somebody after service. Uh, but it's a, it's a great time of year because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people get a chance not just to watch the games now, but they talk about the games of the past. They talk about the, the glory days, the good old days, the, the days when you, you saw some amazing things from tournament history. And, you know, I, I think about it, I had the opportunity to go to Texas Tech University, and back in 1996, we had a guy by the name of Darvin Ham. Now, Texas Tech was ranked, they were 15 seed. If you don't know anything, that's low. But they played North Carolina in the second round of the, of the tournament. And it was an amazing thing. It got super exciting. Not only did they beat North Carolina for one of the huge upsets, during that game, Darvin Ham comes down the middle and just like he should as a Texas Tech Red Raider, he comes down and he dunks the basketball and it shatters the backboard. And it was one of the coolest things I have ever, I mean, it wasn't there, I had to watch it on TV, but it, it was one of the coolest things I've seen. And, it, and we just talk about it. Anytime Texas Tech makes the basketball tournament, we, everybody talks about the, the good old days of Darvin Ham slamming the basketball. And I, and I think about those glory days and they're exciting and those stories will be told over and over again. I think the challenge is, that as human beings, sometimes we can live in the glory days. We can live in the, the days of old. You know the days I'm talking about, the days when we were skinnier. You know, when we wore that same size, that certain size of pants and we looked good. When we had hair or our hair wasn't so gray. We can tell the stories when our kids were small and they were so controllable at that age. You know the age I'm talking about. We could tell the days when we had a certain job or made a certain amount of money or we had a certain house. The challenge is we can also do the same thing spiritually. 
We can tell about the days. We, you know, when we come up with 25 years, we tell about a lot of the great things, but sometimes we can go to a way that's, that's a little out of whack where we start saying, remember that the church was this or the church was that. And see, what we can start doing is living in the past when we were great, not in the present where God is great. And it challenges us. You know, and I think about so many different things that, that go on in our lives, and we don't, it, it's, 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 we want to have those stories. Those are the stories we pass down to our kids in some ways, but we can't live there. That's not the place where we want to live. You know, glory days as a Christian recognize that God is present today, that he's with us in our homes, that he's with us in our jobs, that he's with us in our schools. And I think so many times, even in our, in our Bible talks or family groups, whatever you guys call them, but he's with us in all those different places. When I, when I think about all of us, the, the question I think a lot of times we need to ask ourselves is, how does God want to use us now, today, in the places where, where he is great, where he is working, where he's doing great things? What we want to do is we want to make sure that, and, and it happens to us, and it can happen easily. We can get a distorted view of, of God. We can get a distorted view of, of ourselves or get a distorted view of even the church. You know, if we've been lo- alive long enough, we can start feeling like the challenge is way too much. That, it, that it's, it's hard right now. It's hard to keep up. Can I just keep up? That's where we need God to fill the gaps and just to be there and recognize that he's there. Because it's amazing how life has a way of taking, you know, just taking life out of us. We can just live each day. We can have great days and all of a sudden it just goes, like, what just happened? And we need God. Turn with me over to Joshua chapter 1. I have two quick points for us this morning. My first point this morning is we've got to let God lead us. We've got to let God lead us because we, we need him. We need him to lead the way for us. And in Joshua 1, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert uh, to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's a, it's a powerful message when we, we just think about the end part there. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you get to this point, you understand in the story, Moses is dead. The great Moses is dead. And now he's like, hey, Joshua, all the people, it's time for you. Get ready to go. Get ready to cross. You know, in all that, God never says, here's the plan, just for the record. He just says, get ready. And we want the plan, but he just says, get ready to go. He paints a vision for where he's going to take him. He says, look, I'll be with you. And, you know, they, they missed this before. They missed the fact that God was with them when he took them out of Egypt. you got to imagine, it was an amazing thing. Here was all these people. They crossed, they, they leave Egypt, they were slaves. They get out of Egypt. And that's awesome. I, I don't know what happens to you after you cross the Red Sea. You see the sea part, and then all of a sudden things change. They saw the amazing things of God. And here they are now. They're getting their turn. But the guys in the past, they missed the point of God being with them. 
what happened? They were out. They were out in the sea, or out sea. They're out in the desert. Three days later, they started to complain. Three days later, after that, or a few days later after that, they started to complain again. They missed the fact that God was with them, and so now God's reminding Joshua, "Look, I am with you. Do not forget that." And that's the same thing for us today. Is that we got to remember that God is with us, that He wants to lead us, that He wants to guide us. Because the truth is, as we become Christians or we, we start to follow God, what happens? A few days, a few weeks, a few months, challenges start to happen. We may not complain, but we can pull back in our hearts on what God wants to do and where He wants to take us. God wants to take us to a great place. He wants to pull us out of the desert. That's the place He rescued us from. A lot of us are walking around because God rescued us from our sin. And he's saying, hey, don't go back to the desert. Come with me. Let me lead you. The people of old, they went from slaves of Pharaoh to slaves of fear. They changed masters. I don't know about you, but there's definitely been times I've been afraid. But the question for us is, is there anything that's holding us back from letting God lead us? Is there anything holding us back from from where God wants to just take us? See, I I remember growing up, the the thing that I I struggled with for for years, and I still do today, which is just insecurity. I I grew up with just my mom. Uh, My dad had left as soon as he found out my mom was pregnant, so he took off. And so as a kid, I I remember making up stories. People would ask me over and over again, hey, where's your dad? Is your dad at home? I would make up stuff. He was everything from the military to he died in war. I mean, I had all kinds of outrageous stories. But that insecurity never, it didn't stop. Even more as a kid, I, I, I got made fun of. People used to make fun of because I have big lips. And I, I always tell people I've had the same size lips since the third grade. And so people used to just make fun of them. And I, and I would get teased all the t- different times. And so it just created more and more insecurity. I got to a point where I, I just felt so insecure. I was trying to figure out family and life. I even got to a point where I was thinking about joining the gang. I had watched one friend get jumped in and I was like, you know what? That's the life for me. At least they love each other. At least they, they, they protect each other. At least I thought that was love. Then after that, I was like, you know what? I, I could do it. One of the guys that was there in the gang said, Ryan, you don't need this. And he said, you know what? You should play sports. And so I went out and tried out for the football team. I found something that I was good at. Unfortunately, I, I did it for the wrong reasons initially. I, I went in and I started playing football because I knew people would notice me. I knew people would recognize my talents and my abilities, and people would be drawn to that. And if, you know, as long as the football team was doing well, people were, you know, give you applause. And, I, and, and, and fortunately and unfortunately, because it hurt my pride, which is I played on very successful football teams. I got to college. I was very fortunate to get a, a, a full-ride scholarship to Texas Tech University. And it, and it was a blessing because I, I had this in my life. The challenge was I still took the insecure boy, and I took him to college with me. And so my, my life got filled with, with the idea of partying and the idea of chasing women rather than really what I was there for. And as much as I thought those things would accomplish and give me security, they never did. And it didn't help that after I finished playing college that I got a chance to play arena football. And, I, and I was, so I'm playing indoor football. If you don't know what arena football is, we can talk about that later too. But I was playing arena football, and it still didn't fill me up. Here I was. I was now getting paid to play football, and I was still the insecure little boy. 
And then I, I, I got out of football. I'm thinking life is good at this point. I get a job. I'm traveling around the United States, and things are going great. I'm not sure why this insecure little boy is still following me. I get a job. I, I get, get to a new place. It moves me to Reno, Nevada. And I, and I just still, I continue to take pride in, in just my physical ability. So I go, I go from playing sports at, you know, at the gym, and I'm lifting weights. At this time, I get connected with a bodybuilder, and I'm thinking, okay, now here's a new life for me. And I go through this place of thinking everything, I'm, I'm just great because I can still accomplish these things physically. So one day, I, I go and I'm playing basketball, and I, and I have this great game, and I, and, I, and I dunk the basketball. And I'm just thinking I'm all world. So I come off the court. And this guy comes up to me, and he says, hey. And I'm like, yes. I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, he's about to tell me how awesome I am. And I'm just about to just bask in the glory. And he's like, hey, you want to go to church? I looked at that guy like, what in the world are you talking about? Wait, talk about the compliments first. Bring those things on first. But he didn't do that. He invited me to church. God wasn't done with me yet because I was still insecure and I was still prideful. So that Saturday, I go to the gym, and I'm working out. And I, I'm doing, it's a chest day. For all the guys, you know you love chest day. You put the weight on, and you just get it. You feel good about yourself. You feel strong. So I'm lifting weights, and I'm jumping weights. I'm going pretty fast. And so I hop up to this heavy weight. And so I'm not sure, I, I, I choose not to tell you. You can ask me later to stay humble. So I, I put this heavy weight on. I'm coming down a second time, and my chest just rips. My pec muscle tears from here all the way through. The belly of my chest muscle goes over to the side. My bicep falls down. At that point, I knew there was something wrong going on with me. I didn't know what it was, but I, I, I couldn't figure out why is it, why, why, would, why would anything happen to me like this? They said the odds were like one in some odd million because they asked you if you're doing steroids, and all that, which I wasn't. And there's like some odd million. So I'm trying to figure out how in the world I ended up in this place. I don't go to church that Sunday, and fortunately, the guy who, was, who invited me out, he actually didn't call me that day, but he was actually feeling, he was going through some different things in his own life, and he said, you know what, somebody told him, say, hey, why don't you follow, do some follow-up calls on some people you've invited out, and so he did that, he called me, and I went to church that following Sunday. I get to church, and you know, there's that same thing where you feel like, did somebody tell him about me? They, they do a lesson on humility. And I'm like, what in the world? And, you know, I'm looking up, I'm looking around, like, are the people spying in my apartment, or what's going on? And they do this lesson, and I just knew that I'm a prideful dog. I needed change. I put so much security in myself that I needed God at that moment. So they asked me to say the Bible. I say the Bible for a week and a half, and I get baptized into Christ. I'm super... I'm grateful for what God has done, and God had led me through that. And I, and, I, and I realized I needed God to lead me, and God's had to lead me through other things as I've, as I've grown. But I knew that I, I had to hear his voice in that. You know, even in the scriptures, it, it talks about, it says they, they had to meditate. It says meditate, don't go to turn to the right or the left of it. I need to hear God as he was, as he was leading me. Okay, Ryan, you know, here I'm, I'm talking to you. You need to change your life. It's time to grow up. It's time to put security in me and not in the things of the world. And I think that God does that to a lot of us. He says, keep the book of the law always on your lips in verse uh, 8. He says, uh, keep the law on your lips. He says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
I knew my life would change when I got in touch with God. And I've been, and I've been inspired by God ever since. And I, and I think about, you know, some of the different things that I've, I've read over the Bible. But I'll share this with you just in, in brevity. But you go back through Joshua. There's so many great things. Me and a win. But here's the thing I always think about when I read the Bible. And I, and I need to go back for a time to time again. It says it's a remarkable in composition, composed over 16 centuries uh, by 40 authors, written by soldiers, shepherds, farmers, and fishermen, begun by Moses in Arabia and finished by John and Potmos, penned by kings and palaces, shepherds and tents, prisoners and prisons. It's remarkable in durability, a single most published book in history, translated into uh, at least 1,200 languages by an army of translators. It has outlived its opponents. Uh, the Bible has been burned by governments, banished by, from courtrooms, but God's word endures. It is remarkable in prophecy. Its pages contain more than 300 fulfilled prophecies about the life of Christ, yet they were written at least 400 years before he was born. And I think that we go through this life and we just realize that, okay, we need God. We need him to lead us and just to hear his voice and, and say, you know what? It's time to change. I want to carry you. I want to be with you. Well, that happened. Does it, does it change? And so it's up to each, each one of us to go through that. The one thing I thought about, and if you go with me over to chapter 8, and we'll get close to closing out here. Is that the one thing we have to recognize, especially the older we get, is that we're going to go through obstacles. We're going to go through challenges. 25 years, I'm sure that it came with at least one challenge over those 25 years. At least one. We go through points of, of failure, and, that, and that's really my last point, is that, is that failure is not fatal. The challenges don't determine where we end up when it's all said and done. And I love the scripture here because, you know, it's after they, they've crossed the Jordan River, they've knocked down the walls of Jericho, and now they're reeling from the humiliating defeat. It, and it goes back to chapter 7, dealing with Achan and his sin. One soldier, uh, one soldier disobeys God's command. They had buried, at that point, they had to bury 36 of their, their fellow soldiers and witness the downfall of Achan and his family. The voices of failure were loud and clear at this time. You know, you, you can only imagine what Joshua was going through. Could I have done something different? Could I have said something different? Could I have been there for him at, you know, at that point in time? And I think we all go for that, go through that. The, challenge, the thing we just have to understand is that failure is going to find us all. I have felt like a failure. And I don't need to show it hands, but I would imagine that some of us have all felt like failures at times. And here's God, and and as he talks to Joshua in verse 8, he says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, uh, his people and his city and his land. You shall do to Ai as its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush uh, behind, um, behind the city. And see, at this point, Joshua could have just said, hey, you know what, God? I think I'm done fighting. You, you've taken out some of my best men. I, I'm, I'm done. I, just put it all aside, God. You take over. Find somebody else to lead. Find somebody else to do that. But he doesn't do that. He hears God, and God just says, don't be afraid. It's important for us as, as Christians and the people that even study the Bible to understand that God is greater than our failures. 
If we miss that truth, then we find ourselves back in the, in the desert. The truth is that we just need to try again with Christ. We need to put God in front. And see, we need, and we need this crowd of witnesses. See, the thing is, is that we're not in this fight by ourselves. We're in this fight together. Every single person that's sitting out here on the lawn and the people that are at home, we're in this fight together. We're going through life together. We're going through the challenges together. But we're also going through the victories together. The blessings together. 25 years is nothing to sneeze at. That is a great thing. The fact that you're here now is an amazing thing. We need to be in each other's lives and say, you know what, don't quit. And we need to let people in our lives and hear them say, don't quit. Don't walk away. Stand up. Stand strong. It's worth it. Try again. I'll help you. I'll let you help me. I love this thing right here. It says, there's nobody like you. In all the world, there's nobody like you. I mean nobody like you. Since the beginning of time, there has never been another person like you. Nobody has your smile, your eyes, your hands, your writing, or your voice. Nobody has your taste for food, or your music, or dance, or art. Nobody in the universe sees things as you do. And all time, never has anyone laughed exactly like you, or in your way. And what makes you laugh, or cry, or think you may have totally a different response than another. You are different from every person that has has lived in the history of the universe. You are the only one in the whole creation who has your particular set of abilities. Along the way, you will run into someone who is better at one thing or another. Every person is your superior in at least one way, but nobody in the universe can, can reach the combination of the quality of the quality of your talents and feelings. Throughout all eternity, no one will ever walk, talk, think, or do exactly like you. You are rare, and in already there is enormous value because of your great value, to, uh, great value, the need to imitate anyone else is absolutely wrong. You happen to be special, and it is no accident that you are. Please realize that you were made for a special purpose. Out of billions of people who will walk on this earth, only you are qualified for the, that purpose. Only one person has a unique right of combination, what it takes, and that one is you. There's only one you. There's only one you that God has created. There's only one you that will make a difference. There's only one you that will have an impact. What we have to recognize here today is that as Christians, it is the power of the cross that God is here. It is the power of the cross that, that, that changed our lives and that, that took us to, from one place to another. And as I mentioned earlier, that we were just rescued. Rescued from the sin and rescued from our past. You don't have to turn there, but in 1 Corinthians 1... Being in the verse 18, the Bible says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. We have seen the power of God in our lives. God is not done with the things that he wants to do. The glory days, God being present, they're still here. What we have to recognize is that we have a Jesus, we have a sacrifice, it, that story hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Let us use that power to, to continue to have an impact on our lives and to share that same message with other people. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for being a mighty God. We thank you for just the opportunity to be out here. God, is so beautiful outside. And God, we know that it's part of your creation. But God, it's you that, that allows us to live now. God, to live in a time of, of forgiveness, a time of your grace, a time of your love. 
God, allow us not to forget that. Let us not forget, God, the things that you have done, not just in our lives, but the lives of others. God, allow us not to forget, God, the things that you will continue to do. God, allow us to have vision for those around us. God, to have vision for our families. God, allow us to live in a day, God, that truly brings you glory. God, we thank you for your son. God, that, that, that sacrifice, that love, God, we can never repay you for. God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for forgiveness. You are an awesome God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.